Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 19 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you've joined me today. If this is your first visit with me, just welcome. And if you've hung out with me before, it is so great to have you here again. Now, before we jump into today's discussion, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the CNP, Connection Not Perfection, Summer Lit Club, which is a book club designed to help you connect with your teen over this summer. It's three books over three months with podcasts, Facebook Live events, and prizes too. Now you can sign up for the CNP Summer Lit Club, which makes you eligible for the prize drawings at theishgirl.com forward slash EP17. And you can find all the details there. And again, that's T-H-E-I-S-H-G-I-R-L.com forward slash EP17. Today, I'm going to be talking about the second season of 13 Reasons Why. If you're familiar with this Netflix show that is based on Jay Asher's book of the same name, you already know that there are some very provocative, serious topics that it brings up. Now, if you're not familiar, just know that there are some very sensitive, mature themes and issues that we'll be exploring as we talk about it today. So if you have younger ears listening, you might want to pop in your headphones or even wait to listen to it until another time. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to do that now if you need to turn it off and put your headphones in or wait until later. Now is your chance. Okay, I'm going to assume that everybody who is with me understands that this is going to be some sensitive, mature stuff and have you've made those appropriate um, adjustments. Now, I believe I've shared this in previous episodes, but I want to give you a little bit of backstory here. Last year, my daughter asked to watch the first season of 13 Reasons Why. I knew that it was based on a book, one that I had not yet read, and I knew enough about it to insist that we watch it together because I knew it was about suicide. I knew there were some very serious things, and I wanted to be able to talk to my daughter about it as we watched it. But I would say I was not by any means an informed viewer, and that was my bad. Because as we got further and further into the series, it got darker and darker and more graphic. And by halfway through, I really wanted to pull the plug and not let her finish it. But I didn't for a lot of reasons. The main one being that I knew that it would do more harm with her to not let her finish it and kind of leave it hanging and leave her wondering than it would if we saw the thing through to the end and then dialogued about it. But I was not happy with myself, I have to be honest, because I had not prepared. I felt very caught off guard. And I've shared that before in in my podcast. Now, that experience was one of the big catalysts for even starting this podcast, Connection Not Perfection. It taught me that I want to be prepared and equipped to talk about the issues that come up in stories like 13 Reasons Why with my teens. Now, season two of the show dropped on June 1st, and I must admit, I was not eager to watch it, but I knew it was important if I wanted to be able to talk 
talk about it with both of my teens. Because if you have teens and you have not heard of 13 Reasons Why, you are definitely in the minority. It has really become a phenomenon. The teens I know personally have shared that the environment at Liberty High School, which is the school in the show, is very similar to what they experience. The issues that it brings up are the ones that they are very familiar with. And if they aren't dealing with one or more of them, they know someone who is. So it is safe to say that this has really struck a nerve, which is sobering because 13 Reasons Why portrays some really big issues in a visceral, raw way that honestly, I'm not very comfortable with. This is definitely not the after-school special material that I grew up with and maybe you did too. And truthfully, it's not so much the issues themselves that I am uncomfortable with. It's the depiction of the issues that is hard for me. Because in the first season, we see two very graphic rapes and a suicide scene that shows every step of a character getting into the bathtub and slitting her wrists, bleeding out until her parents find her dead. It was very traumatic for me. And while it is so, so important to me to talk to my teens about the big stuff and the little stuff, just all the stuff, I have to believe that there's a way to do it without the secondary trauma of watching it happen to someone else on the screen. Having said that, I'm also a realist. 13 Reasons Why is out there and teens are watching it. And many people are touting it for various reasons. If nothing else, it's drawing attention to these issues and inspiring great conversations. And I am not about censorship, period. But I am about knowing your teens, knowing how something of this nature might affect them individually and making informed choices. Now, I'm going to get off my soapbox and get on to the show. 13 Reasons Why the Second Season picks up five months after the end of the first season. It's five months after Hannah Baker's suicide. And the main plot line of the show is that her parents are suing the school for not protecting Hannah and for not doing more to prevent her suicide. Each episode features a new witness testifying for this trial and it's her friends and it's her school counselor and a school teacher. There's just a whole line up of students and others who were part of Hannah's life that are being interviewed on the witness stand. And there's lots of new information about Hannah that is revealed. And not all of it is great. We watch her good friends like Clay Jensen and others really grapple with this Hannah that maybe they didn't know as well as they thought they did. Having given you that setup, there are seven things that you should know before watching 13 Reasons Why Season 2. Now I'm highlighting the things that I'll be talking about with my own teens. And if there's something that I don't cover that you find super important, then I would love to hear from you on my Facebook page about whatever that is. And there's a link to that Facebook page of mine in the show notes on iTunes and on the episode page of my website at theishgirl.com forward slash EP19. Okay, just a side note here. As I prepared for this episode and as I made this list of seven things, I literally had to ask myself, how many ways are there to say graphic? And you'll see what I mean as I go through the list. Now, first of all, you need to know that 13 Reasons Why Season 2 touches on a variety of prevalent issues that face our teens 
and our culture today. And those are issues like sexual harassment and assault, bullying, drug use, alcohol use, pornography, bipolar disorder, guns in schools, friendships, family relationships, divorce, parental neglect, and depression. And I'm sure that there are ones that I haven't thrown in there, but that was just the list that I came up with. Now, I'm not gonna talk about every single one of these, but you need to know that all of those things do come up in some very blatant way within the 13 episodes of season two. The second thing you need to know is that there are explicit sex scenes. Now, this is not a surprise because there were explicit sex scenes in season one, so that's not a big shocker there, but you need to know that um, in some scenes you can see the thrusting motion of the two characters that are having sex. There's definitely nudity in several different forms throughout the movie, whether it's photos of boys where you can see their bare behinds or there are just several other instances of nudity from what I'm recalling. The next thing you need to know, number three, is that there are a lot of scenes with guns. And this was interesting because they show the buildup over time of two of the characters using guns from target practice all the way to killing a bird to in the final scenes of the season, a young man bringing an automatic weapon onto school property. From my perspective, it seemed like they were trying to portray kind of that buildup of the kid that we've seen so much in the news lately, you know, that profile of a teen who is pushed beyond their limit by bullying and kind of the journey that takes them to that place where they are broken and they make a really bad decision to harm others. The next thing that you need to be aware of and know is that there are graphic rape scenes. Now, there are flashbacks to the rape of two of the characters in the first season, and there are photos of boys having sex with girls who are passed out. There is a Me Too type sequence where many of the female characters, both the teens and the adults, share harassment or rape stories. And in the most graphic scene, I would say, of this season, there is a scene where a boy is sodomized with a broomstick that is very graphic. And um, full disclosure here, I knew about this scene ahead of time and I fast forwarded through it because I know myself and I cannot put those images in my head. I have a hard enough time even just thinking about that happening without having the visual for that. So for my own protection from secondary trauma, I did not watch that scene. So I would just, that's That's something big that I would just forewarn you about as if you're watching this with your teen or if you're talking to them because they've watched it, that that was a very brutal, visceral, very difficult scene. The next thing is there are lifelike drug use scenes. Now, we see teens smoking pot and dropping molly and... We see one main character shooting up heroin several times in his arms, in between his toes, and we see that character who's using the heroin really go through um, some really scary experiences, one where he is passed out and um, is literally choking on his own vomit, and a friend who doesn't have full use of his arms and legs 
trying to roll him over so that he doesn't, again, choke on his own vomit. So it's, it's very, again, I keep using the word visceral, but it, it truly is. The sixth thing that you need to know is that there is pornography in season two of 13 Reasons Why. And I'm not talking about characters in the show performing sex acts as in pornography. What I'm talking about is a character who tried and failed to kill himself by shooting himself in the head in the first season. Um, He has not been able to have an erection, which they talk about very um, frankly and clearly. He and another character have that conversation. So he's not able to get an erection since the incident of the shooting and he as part of trying to to achieve that he watches porn on his computer to try to stimulate himself and it actually shows the pornography on the computer it shows a topless woman and an interaction that he has there okay so the seventh thing that you need to know is that there is rampant bullying. And again, this is not surprising because that is what the first season really focused on. But really what they do in this second season is pretty much everyone is bullied. But the ones that I'm going to highlight are the flashbacks to Hannah Baker being bullied um, through social media where she is basically slut shamed. And then also in season two, the focus on a group of kind of underdog characters who are bullied by the quote-unquote jocks of the school and actually that bullying culminates with the scene that I've already mentioned where one of the boys from that underdog group is attacked in the bathroom and sodomized. Now I'm also going to throw in an eighth FYI about the show here and that is there are lots of bad words, expletives, cussing, what have you. Now sadly this is almost a non-issue in our world today as according to my teens um, it's very common in their schools and that's both at the middle school level and the high school level and just to let you know kind of our philosophy on that is that There are times when nothing else fits the context and the situation other than a curse word, but using them all the time diminishes their impact. And the more you hear it, the more numb you get to it. So just so you know that there is lots and lots, it's, it's just very offhand, part of the everyday language, the F word, pretty much every word in between. So just be aware of that. Now, I have to share that 13 Reasons Why both seasons hurt my heart, Um, not just for the characters and me having empathy for those kids in the story, but also for all of the teens who watch these shows, these episodes, and identify with them so strongly. It's good to see, it's good for those kids who are watching to see that they're not alone. I get that, yes, but the fact that our teens are facing this reality is really hard. And also, I question the wisdom of portraying these issues with such gritty realism. What's disturbing to me beyond the graphic nature of it is the lack of hope and the bleakness that I feel from it. Towards the end of the last episode of season two, one of the characters, Clay Jensen, poses the question, how do we survive? How do we bring light to a world that only seems dark? He responds to his own question a little bit later with, I think the answer is we love each other, but 
there is this sense that walking through these issues is inevitable for all teens. And more importantly to me, that they are alone as a generation in it. Because after he says those words, Clay begs his friends at a school dance not to call the police and tries to convince him that he is capable of talking down a classmate who is headed into the school with an automatic weapon, ready to take vengeance on the bullies who attacked him. Then he helps that friend escape so that he doesn't implode his life or harm others. So he's protecting the friend who is having the breakdown and, and making the decision to go into school to shoot it and helping him escape. Parents, teachers, counselors, administrators, pretty much adults in general are portrayed as untrustworthy and powerless. And at no point to my recollection do any of the characters go to their parents or any other adults for help other than Hannah Baker in the very first season. And when she does that, it's to her school counselor and he is no help at all. To their credit, the writers had that school counselor become a really strong character in the second season. I was very happy to see that. But as I watched for that turn to adults for guidance and for help, I was very disappointed that there just wasn't a whole lot of that there. Now, I will say the producers of the show very wisely provided a resource page for the show. And in fact, it's something that they mentioned at the end of every single episode. And I've included a link to that resource page in my show notes. And on it, there are links to mental health hotlines and websites. There's a discussion guide for the show. I've also provided a link to that. And there are several short videos that you can watch that highlight different issues like consent and spotting depression and taking signs of potential harm seriously. Now, almost all of the videos urge the kids to find a trusted adult, which is great, but I'm left wondering how many of the teens who watch the series will actually go to that page and check it out because, quote unquote, finding a trusted adult is pretty much the opposite of what the characters do in the show. Now, if 13 Reasons Why is something your teen is watching, I highly encourage you to dialogue with them about it. Be frank be authentic and real, and truly work to engage them because this is so important. Now, this isn't the first group of teens to feel separate and misunderstood. I mean, come on, from the don't trust anyone over 30 of my parents' generations to my own peers' latchkey kid abandoned, we're independent and raising ourselves mentality that Generation X has, there is a history of a gap between generations. Which is why my passion is connecting parents and teens through whatever means possible. And I have to acknowledge that 13 Reasons Why, though it's brutal and disturbing, is a vehicle that can help in that quest. It's a useful tool in my parenting toolkit. Now this time for season two, I did my due diligence before letting my teens digest this provocative series. I hope you'll do the same. So please be sure and check out all the resources in my show notes on my webpage or on my iTunes episode page. There are links to everything I referenced here in the show, as well as some additional mental health resources. Now, I would love to keep this conversation going. Please PM me on Facebook or DM me on Instagram, or even better, share your thoughts on my Facebook page. It is so important for us as parents to have a cohesive village, so to speak, 
to be able to dialogue about these issues so that we can in turn take it home to our teens and be able to talk to them about it with sensitivity and with authenticity and with courage. Because sometimes it's really hard to talk to teens about this and also to push through that initial wall of resistance they might have um, when we try to engage them and talk about things that might not be comfortable for them to talk about with us and are sometimes even uncomfortable for us to talk about with them. But it's important and it's worth it. Okay, just a reminder that the first podcast for the CNP Summer Lit Club is on June 28th, which is just next week. And we're going to be talking about what to say next by Julie Buxbaum. Also put it on your calendars that I will be going live to talk about what to say next on July 2nd on Facebook and listen next week and pay attention online for the timing for that one. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I know this was very serious stuff and mature content and I appreciate you sticking with me on that. And just remember from an ish girl who cannot wait to talk to you about Kit Lowell and David Drucker, it is all about connection, not perfection.